0: Hey, what's up, guys? 65Logs here, back with another episode for Scale Riders Podcast. This is number 129. It's Monday. On the commute, on the road, headed out, just cruising around. Decided to bring the mic with me again to record another podcast. And I know it's been some time since the previous one that I released. And I kind of wait a while because I have to, uh, you know, come up with some topics and things to talk about so this way hopefully I keep it interesting you know but a um, couple things I want to talk about um, the first one is Scale Rider's three-year anniversary is coming up that is December 22nd and it's a trip how time has passed and we're getting close to the three-year mark uh, three, that that number is very significant to me That's one of my favorite numbers um, It's a number that's always uh, I see it all the time And I, I don't know it's, it's like a weird connection I guess it kind of ties with like my birth date Because um, there's threes in, on the date of my birthday So March 30th, 83 You know, so a lot of threes right there But anyway um, It's always been like one of my favorite numbers especially you know i i always dream like man if i ever played like professionally in a sport i would have the number three but anyway so december 22nd the three-year anniversary is coming up um it's it's been a long way coming and it's it's happy to just make it that far you know and uh be able to to know that you know, it's been there for three years, and I'm also looking forward to the future. Um, for those of you that are tuning in for the first time or who just discovered the podcast not too long ago, um, some history behind uh, Scale Riders is, uh, you know, back when I was a kid, like a lot of you guys that listen to the show, you know, growing up in the 90s, um, you know, And and also being born like in the 80s and whatnot, you've always been introduced to like, you know, being hands on things, collecting things, um, things of that nature. So with friends, you know, you set to adapt and do what the group of friends are doing. So there was a there was a long period of time with a lot of us friends that I hung out with were building model cars. That's what we did. We had a local hobby store. In the city of Oxnard. And, you know, we would visit the store, ride our bikes over there. Um, Sometimes we wouldn't even buy anything. We would just kind of pull up and just walk up and down the aisles. And just kind of stare at all the stuff and fantasize about, oh, imagine if I own that kid. Or imagine if, you know, if I built something with that one. It was also an airplane and RC store. But they had a nice section of model cars on the wall. So if you could just visualize all those OG AMT kits with like that blue grayish box art with just the car sitting there and the 64 Impala was one of the ones that they had a lot, the 58 Impala as well and they also had some of the monogram 59 Impala uh, kits that were uh, in those huge boxes, you know, and but that kit always seemed to be expensive so we never really, like, save the money to get that one. We always, in the beginning, we're just going for, you know, the 58 Impala the or the um, 64. And I remember at some point, it was funny, we, we were like, oh, let's switch it up. And I remember buying, like, a, a Dodge Viper as well. There's all these, like, kits. Whenever I look up those OG AMT box art kits, I come across them that I even forgot that I purchased at some point and built. Um, so that went on for a while and then also the discovery of the Loyd Bicycle Magazine was a big influence Um, I didn't manage to get every issue but whatever issues I could get they were very important to me um, and very influential you know course of time passes and I get into high school and I'm still I wouldn't say like my my, uh, freshman year I'm still somewhat doing models, but not, not as much, you know, but I'm, it's like, I'm getting to the point of just like putting it away, walking away kind of thing. And then finally, uh, by the time I take a break, by the time I'm a senior, I go to a different high school and I, um, I run into a kid that I went to school with back in like junior high. So turns out he's into military builds models still and i come across him and he's carrying a helicopter and i'm just like blown away by the work the level of model building that he was at i was like i was just blown away i had never seen anything like that in person especially someone that you know just carrying it off like yeah you know when you ask them they're like yeah i did it you're just like what the hell so my reaction was like hey if i buy a model kit um can you paint it for me and then I'll just build it. And it was like, yeah, for sure. You know, so that, that sparked interest again in the models. I bought a 64 Revell model kit, brought it to him. He painted it. Um, I got it back towards the end of the semester. And then I ended up building it. And I just had it, you know, on a, one of those little boxes, display cases. And um, and I remember looking at it. And, and you know, I, I liked the car, but it was so funny because... There was no bare metal foil added to it. At the time I didn't even know that even existed. And it was around ever since I don't know from what I look at ads it looks like it was around even around the time of the 90s when I was building and I had I just had no idea. But what I was tripping on is that I just had the car sitting there just a solid color uh black interior. The car was red. And one thing I've always liked about Impalas is no matter when it's sitting there no matter what angle you look at it from whether it's from the side view the front uh the corner you know the car every side it, it's very attractive it just it looks so nice you know and it doesn't even matter if it's a low rider or a low rod or even stock it's just such a beautiful made designed crafted car you know so I just always loved looking at the car, but then um, there was just some emptiness that was inside of me that I felt like I I just wasn't proud because I didn't paint the car. You know, all I did was was glue it together, and to me, that was not satisfying. I wasn't happy with having a model car sitting on my shelf, and then let's just say a friend walks in or, or I have people over, and the car sparks conversation you know obviously they're gonna they're gonna ask would you get that or did you make that and I mean I I always would have to mention you know I didn't I didn't paint it somebody else painted it for me a friend of mine and I built it you know but to me still it just I don't know I, I like doing everything on my own type thing and I kept the car put it away and I remember, by this time, I was already time had already passed. I was already like past college and whatnot. And I started to come across uh, the another hobby store that was in the same in the same county. It was called Ventura Hobbies, and I started to uh, go in there. And I remember, you know, just buying tools and stuff all random, and I would put them away, just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna work on it one day. And then I remember uh, buying, like, a... I believe it was a 61 Lindbergh Impala kit. And I put it away. And I put all this stuff away and I left it at my parents' house. Um, by then, I was already living with my friend, a roommate of mine. And I was just busy, you know, producing music, DJing. And then all of a sudden, like, I had opportunities to grow. And I started to travel. I started going on these like mini tours. I went to Europe. All this stuff that model, car modeling was not on my mind. It just wasn't. I was just so excited to be able to to do what I always wanted to do. To make it a reality. And to be meeting the people that I wanted to meet. And just connecting with, with new friends. Um, finally like I come back. And I have like free time on my hands. And I remember visiting my parents, and and I opened up one of the... I was just searching through boxes, and I opened up one of the ones with the... uh, That had all the old model cars and supplies. And then also the unfinished 61 uh, Lindbergh kit. And I was like, oh, dang, you know? I remember, like, like, it's like, here it is. You know, I knew I never threw it away, but I just wasn't sure where it was at. So... I uh, took that home with me, and um, and then that's what just got me back into it again. You know, I ended up buying like I ended up going to Michael's for some random reason, and I walked down the model, model aisle, and for the first time, I saw a '63 Impala model kit by Ravel, and I was blown away uh, that I was finally able to buy one. So I ended up buying it, and I was so excited. And I just started doing my research beforehand online as to model building. And and it's so funny because every time I would Google stuff, all these images would pop up, you know, um, that were linked to like lay it low. And I was like, what the heck's that? So then I started to see that it was a a forum. But by that time, um, that forum, um, as far as like the model building wasn't, I want to say it was like defunct. Like, it just wasn't as prominent. People weren't on it anymore. Later, I learned, you know. But at the time, I had no idea. I was just like... But it didn't make me want to sign up or anything. You know, I would look at posts, and they already look like they were years old, you know. Um, I just looked at it as like... Like, it was just like abandoned, you know. Um, but at the same time, it was like... It was like treasure, you know. It's like it's like I found a ship that was sunk at sea... And I went inside and, and there was a bunch of treasure inside. And I was like, you know, blown away from all the imagery. Um, I was seeing lots of different artists that were in there. And then there were some photos that were just not available due to a photo bucket. And I was like, all right, let me go on, on YouTube, you know. And then I started the discovery of, like, Dr. Cranky, H-Town Model Shop that was in there. Um... There was so many YouTubers that were doing stuff that I was very, like, just tripping out on and, and just happy to see all these uh, videos and footage and tutorials. Um, <clears throat> but I never, I didn't know anybody yet that was doing model cars. Come across my friend at the uh, Borders, not Borders, uh, Barnes and Nobles. He's picking up a magazine of Auto. I'm there for the same thing. And we eventually exchange numbers. We talk about the hobby, and eventually, um, through my friend Rudy Munoz, is who I'm talking about. Is uh, he? He pretty much was like one of the persons that was a big introduction for me. Um, you know, taking me to my first shows, and also, like, it was just introducing me to lots of things, and also airbrushing. You know, so from there, it was just, like, a matter of time until I started to go to more shows, and then I started to meet, you know, all the guys that were on Lay It Low, all the guys that were on the Toyota Bicycle Magazine, so all, like, your old-school heroes, you know, that you're like, what the hell, and and later they turn out to be your friends. It it was just, like, mind-blowing and kind of crazy how everything came in full circle. Eventually um the uh, the opportunity arises to go to Japan and <clears throat> it it was always a dream to go to Japan um and I want to thank Armando Flores for making that possible because um he was the one who motivated me you know to make it happen I mean he was already going for sure but when I say motivate I mean it got to the point where I just was like like, it's like I invited myself, you know? I was just like, yo, uh, can I go with you? Can I tag along? And he's all, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, once that was initiated, the next question was like, um, are you planning on bringing a model car? And and at the time, um, I hadn't even, I don't think I even started on the 67 yet. And... And it was just one of those things, like, that motivated me, like, all right, well, if I'm going to go, I at least want to bring a car. And then, like, I think, like, within the next day or two, um, Jeffrey's emails Armando and, and, t- and asks um, if I was interested in getting a spot to enter the contest because he was going to already reserve three and he wanted to know if he wanted to reserve a fourth for me. <clears throat> and during this time, um, I didn't know Jeffries that, that much, like, to be, like, how I know I'm now, you know, like, on a, on a just personal, cool level to be talking to him and whatnot, whatnot. So, I was, like, like, oh, man, you know, I, like, starstruck and everything because I'm hanging out with all these guys, too. And nervous at the same time and kind of, like, all right. Um, so, then I'm locked in, you know, I got my the ticket and everything ready to go um, the handling on the models getting closer to completion i'm getting to those uh, final stages of the build and all this excitement is just unraveling in my mind but at the same time i'm looking at the the culture of the model car hobby and i'm just realizing how there is a there's like a, a lack in things as far as promotion of it and there there just wasn't a lot of things going on that was making it exciting and that excitement i had i felt like i wanted everybody to also feel that excitement of you know sharing models and whatnot um i had i was already using instagram at the time but it wasn't as what it is now hashtags weren't even around yet so you just had a some i don't know i Somehow discover people One way or another But I knew that there was The YouTube sector let's say There was an Instagram and then there was also Like a Facebook Community but everything felt Very separate you know Um, It almost felt like If you were going to make like you If you were going to be a YouTuber You had to produce videos And it was going to take years to be a part of that community Because it seemed very tight niched and on Facebook, the same. You had the groups. You couldn't just go... if you. I felt like if you barged in there and you started posting, people were going to kind of trip. Like, who's this guy? So, there were these things that were just very, like... It was all separate, it seemed like. Um, but at the same time, I didn't see nothing on Pinterest. There was nothing on um, Twitter. And, and it, it was just... I don't know. And then when I would go on YouTube, I wasn't seeing the stuff I wanted to see. I mean, yeah, there was the tutorials and whatnot, but I wanted specific tutorials on certain things. I wanted specific, you know, on this and that. And I would never find it. Um, So going to Japan, in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to take photos. I'm going to try to document as much as I can to be able to share and also to have content. And, you know, had a great time. Uh, took photos of, of just like rare moments, kicking in with people, meeting people and whatnot. And and I mean, those became memories for sure. Uh, but during that time of like being there, I remember thinking like, man, I need, a, I need to start something that can become a platform. Something that can be a voice, you know. And then all of a sudden, all these things started coming in. Like, all right, for sure, uh, be involved with all the social media accounts. But I need to start podcasting. I need to start doing that again. I need to start doing YouTube videos. You know, um, I need to do this to be like a media company, uh, something that that it's like it's like a news outlet type thing that covers coverage on lowriders and artists and whatnot, right? Just targeting a uh, one thing at, at the time. And then um, finally it was just like, so that was in November going into December. So coming up with the name, you know, that, that took a while. But I came up with the name. And then finally, like in December, like time had passed. And in December, I decided to go live with it. Um, December 22nd was pretty much like the time I went live with it. With all the accounts, and I would say that's like the birth of scale riders. Um, And just going forward, you know, I um, I just started, you know, taking photos of more shows, doing coverage. Uh, I, I remember in the very beginning, I was doing a lot of editing with photos, manipulating photos, just trying to give it like a different look, a different take, and that was fun and all. And I feel like those photos. Um, I gained a lot of followers with those in the beginning. But at the same time, it would take forever to do those. So I kind of stopped. And I just started just taking snapshots of things and whatnot. And around March is finally when the uh, the podcast was initiated. Um, it took time because I, I needed to gather things and just organize. How am I going to do this? Format it. Um, and later, you know, just just time passed, and I ended up um, registering the name and everything, and and it was just like all these like steps and things I had to do that I was learning, you know, at the same time, uh, but I was also um, influenced from from where I worked out with the family business as to things and measures I needed to take place. Um, eventually, you know, we, uh, within the year, I I started to see a lot of excitement with people at shows, uh, sharing their photos. And that was one of the things I was very happy about because I know a lot of people are very shy. They don't like to talk. They like to show their car, but they don't even like to say sometimes who even built it or whatever. And I felt like, yo, like, let me take photos of this stuff. Let me get your info and let me, let me shout you out. Let me be like the cheerleader, let's say. And let me let the world know about your model car, you know. And you know, there was a limited of merch that was produced and shirts and all. And it it's like I wanted to also have like a like a store for like a shop for it, but I was just like, Well, what am I am I just gonna be selling shirts? I don't wanna be doing that, you know. I had interest in doing a magazine. Um, With it But not like a full size magazine More like the size of a zine Like something just small And um, it's funny because I do have some pages that are folded And I just like wrote I wrote stuff down I have it somewhere um, But it was just like All these little things At the time I just felt like You know I could do so much I had all these ideas in my mind But I knew that I couldn't just attack them all, I need, it needed to take time because I needed to grow, I needed to be more established, you know, I needed to meet more people, and it was just too soon to jump the gun on things, you know, I was like, if I come up with this, who's gonna buy it, you know, no one, no one even knows what this is or who I am, you know, so I decided to just kind of just like not go heavy on that and just be more on the promotional side of things and then eventually you know the years passed and I became very obsessed over hobby tools especially hobby tools from Japan and I was just obsessed with them seeing how you know these things were made Very precision craft tools. Um, A lot of the stuff that I was using was not great. Like, it was just not performing as to what I wanted. Um, And I ended up throwing away tools and buying, upgrading pretty much, buying all these other ones. And eventually, I started to notice the big difference as far as performance, as far as the level, you know, of model building like before I was sanding with just like the sandpaper and later <clears throat> I like came across the sanding sponge pads and I was like dude these are way better like way better my fingers on hurt, you know everything is just it's just better there's a foam it contours to the body of the car the roof you know all this stuff it's not just flat and I was just thinking like what the heck like why haven't they done that here in the u.s you know but i don't know i don't know if maybe there's rights to these things you know like copyright issues like who owns what for the ideas but anyway i was just very fond and there was tools that were expensive you know there could be a file that could cost you up to 20 30 40 bucks just for one file and it was small and i and i hesitated and then i pulled the trigger and i bought it and I was so happy about it, cause then later I I saw the reason why, you know, it cost that much and what it did. So I just started buying lots of tools, trying them out, and and then I would share my info, my take on them, with the community. And um and little by little, a lot of a lot of my friends would trip out and be like, man, you you have a lot of tools, dude. Like that's that's nuts. That's that's just a lot. And yeah, like. I loved it. I'm I'm still obsessed with it. Like I just love it, you know, and and I learned to really understand what does what and honestly which ones are some of the best, you know, tools out there for the hobby and and at the same time I was just like thinking like like man, these are hard to get too at the time. You know, you have to order them from overseas and yeah, it takes time, it takes time to get them or whatever. But, um, little by little, I started to see some stores carrying certain products, not, not the full line, but just certain things. So I was at least able to get some of that stuff, but still there was a lack that I was like, man, if only imagine if, if you can get this and sell it. And it was in the back of my mind for a time, like imagine selling hobby tools, but it was more of a fantasy. It was not a reality. And, um. I remember talking to a friend about it and just like an open conversation. But then that was it. You know, I never really talked about it again. Uh, Time had passed. And um, I had one of the uh, podcast episodes, if you guys still remember from back then, with Tropical Glitz, with Manny from Tropical Glitz. He's uh, the owner of Tropical Glitz. And um, there was a, you know, That episode was very inspiring... Because he's talking about... His story... He's talking about his family... He's talking about everything... Laying it all out there... How... You know... The reason why he created Tropical Glitz... And... And even like where it's at now... You know... And at some point during the interview... He asked me... Um... Have you ever... Thought about... Possibly opening your own business selling you know bringing in those tools from overseas and selling them yourself and I just remember being like nah you know like I don't I don't know like yeah that would be cool but you know and it it was hard for me to answer that because it was like I remember thinking about it back then but not really fully thinking about it so when he brought it up it was kind of like like oh dang you know like like this is crazy Um, Like he's He's talking about something that can become a reality But in my mind I don't see the reality yet Just because It's like I don't even know where to start You know Um, But since he's he's been in business It's like For him he already knows How to You know start up a business Operate it Like he could start another business if he wanted to and make it work you know so um i was just like all right well i mean i know i have responsibilities at work and i know a lot of things of business at work and but as far as like the startup i know that part but but getting the wholesalers getting them getting in contact with manufacturers and all that that was like more of the issue like okay where do i even start with that you know so eventually, um, it was just something that was on my mind and time had passed. And I don't know if you guys remember, but there were some episodes where I would always mention about, I don't know what I'm going to do in the future. You know, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I'm doing this right now, but am I really going to do this forever? Was I made to do this? Was I born to be doing this? Will I be happy doing this 10, 20 years from now? So, you know, there was was a time where not long ago where that started to creep up, that question. It started to bother me, you know, Um, because, yes, I could change jobs and I can look for a job somewhere else. But I knew I wasn't going to be happy, you know. I was going to be working for somebody else, doing what somebody else wants me to do, and and I just wasn't going to like it, you know? Um, not, not that I don't like to take orders, anything like that, but it's just what I would be doing, I wouldn't be able to like that particular thing, you know? Um, and I like having somewhat of a freedom and dependence just from from just being doing that for a long time, having responsibilities and, and being able to make decisions, But the only way you can do that is if you have your own business, if you run your own operation. That's the only way, you know. You can't get a job somewhere in demand to, you know, do your own thing whenever you want to do it. It's not going to work. They're going to let you go, you know. So, time passed and, you know, I was having conversations with my close friends um, about this and through them you know, it was just like, they basically turned on these, it's like they turned on the light in my head, that I was like, oh damn, dude, like, now the path is clear, you know, I was, my mind was a little blurry, I didn't know really, you know, for the future, but now, and especially right now at this very moment, because I... I have a 3 month old baby that it's moments like these where these changes need to be made, these risks need to be take taken, sorry. <laughs> and I guess when you don't have responsibilities like serious ones like a kid or or like you know, a fiance or a wife when you're just chilling, you have all the time in the world. It's like life is easy. You don't You don't care, you know? You take it day by day. And we get lazy. Our drive, it just goes under, you know? We're like, whatever. But when you have all these things stacked up on you, for sure, it's like, man, I need to take the risk. I need to do this. And you have more of a purpose. So... time passed, and what I'm getting to now is um, I just wanted to announce to you guys that I will be opening up an online store selling hobby craft tools, specialty specialty tools, Um, and it's just crazy from when I started to where I'm at now. Um, how time has passed, and it happened quick. It happened really, really quick, Uh, but this is something I'm going to go more in-depth on a future episode. Um, Right now, I just kind of wanted to let you guys know as to what I'm getting myself into. Um, You know, I love, like I said, I love and I'm, I'm obsessed with Hobby Tools, and at the same time, I get a lot of people asking me, hey, you know, what tools do you recommend for this? Or how can I do that? What's the best, you know, this? What's the best that? And I'm always pointing people in directions like, oh, go to this store, go to that store, go over here, go over there. And I'm just like, that's cool. You know, I'm helping people out. But it gets to a point now where I'm like, yo, like, like why am I going to complicate it for you to be going to three different stores when I could just have it all in one. under You know? And it's not going to be a, a brick and mortar store. I'm not going for that direction. Especially with COVID right now. Um, you know, a lot of things are being shut down. And I don't want There's just no way. It's just... In 2020... Going into 2021... That's not the business model really anymore. Um, so, for sure... Online store... E-commerce... Uh, selling tools... I'm also going to be carrying Detail Junkies, photo edge products as well. Um, that's that's another thing that's going to be going on. Um, eventually, as time goes on, it's going to evolve and more things are going to come in. You know, but for the very moment, I mean, the the tools is is a very main thing right there. Um, my thoughts right now, as far as starting things off, um, I want to get the ball rolling as far as shipping only in the U.S. at the moment because I need to find my balance. I need to find my routine as making this all work so things run smoothly. And then, um, you know, within time, I will definitely offer uh, worldwide shipping to pretty much have access because, you know, I, I think it should be fair for a lot of you guys that listen to this show to be able to get some of this stuff, especially if I'm going to be talking about it and you guys are fans of the show. And let's just say, for example, you live in Mexico, you live in Canada or you're in Europe and, um, you know, maybe this stuff's not available in your country or it is, but maybe you want to support me, you know, because you want to support scale riders, um, I should, I should be able to have, you know, access to be able to, to uh, make that available for you guys as well, you know, but I always like to be <clears throat> open about these things with you guys because you guys give me this opportunity to talk about this stuff. So, um, you know, in the beginning, for sure, it's going to just be like domestic shipping here in the U.S. and, and little by little opening it up. You know to the the neighboring countries and then just bam you know because i still i still need to learn you know as far as like the pricing the weight and everything uh for how to ship all this stuff worldwide and it's going to be one of those things you know like if the stuff if it's like a big package or it's heavy i mean for sure it's, it's going to be a more or whatever but it's just how it goes i mean you're you're shipping far away um when i do purchases as well Overseas, I mean, it depends how fast I want it. You know, it can be expensive or it cannot be expensive. It just very depends. Uh, but that's gonna come later. But I'm just very excited uh, to be doing that, going into that venture, and I'm taking a risk. I mean, a lot of a lot of my money that I have in my savings went towards this, too, because you do spend a lot of money starting stuff up like that. But I believe in it. I have a you know a vision on the other side, and I'm just, I'm going all in, I'm going in, and, um, I just want to be the, you know, have the podcast be the first platform to let you guys know what's going on, and, uh, eventually later, uh, once I'm getting ready to, uh, to go live with, with everything, um, you know, you'll be able to see this on, uh, Instagram and on, um, YouTube as well as Facebook, so stay tuned, and be safe, I just got to where I needed to get to, how crazy is that, (laughs) like, the the timing on what I was talking about, but, um, yeah, I'm just excited, I'm very, very excited, I'm excited about the brands that I'm going to be carrying, too, I'm kind of shocked on some that I managed to get those accounts, but, it just goes to show anything is possible, you know, and if, um, and if you doubt that anything's possible or whatever, give me, give me the opportunity, follow what I do, pay attention to what I'm going to be doing, uh, with this, um, hopefully it inspires you to take that risk for yourself in the future into whatever that you want to get into, you know, something that you think is not possible, it is possible for sure, you know, so, um, This is 65Looks here checking out. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Stay tuned for more news, model talk, and everything else. All right, guys, peace out.